0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Purple Rain in Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and on today's episode, we're going to be recapping another Minnesota Vikings loss on the season, dropping 0-2 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, a little bit of housekeeping here. I'm recording in my pickup right now. I haven't had time to, to be home and record in the studio so this is going to be a little bit of a low production value i don't think i'll be be able to have time to um, put the intro and outro um, music in or or anything i'm probably just going to just post this right away once i get done I'm, i'm leaving for the weekend and i won't have really any spare time to um do any audio editing or or anything of that nature i guess but I just wanted to get my thoughts on the game, go through the good, bad, and ugly, and look ahead to the Los Angeles Chargers. So, (sighs) this was another tough one to watch. Um, It was so infuriating to watch this team shoot themselves in the foot time after time after time. I think they had four turnovers in this game, so we have seven... 7 or 8 turnovers in the first two games that's just inexcusable that's that's just terrible i mean it's the fumbles that are killing us i mean we should have beat the bucks by 10 points we honestly we should have beat the eagles by 10 points like we were in full command of that game and we just were beating ourselves and you know that's that's obviously troublesome and i hope that that's not a trend that continues moving forward. Um It's really It's really hard to just I don't want to put anything on Kirk. Kirk Cousins has like Mvp like numbers through the first two games. I mean he's had you know a pair of fumbles which obviously has sucked and <laughs> not been good but uh i think he's got around 700 something yards, six touchdowns, one interception, QBR is really high. Um but we're just not finishing the game, we're not I don't know. It's it's so hard. Why don't we why don't we get into the good, bad and ugly here and then um kind of look ahead to the Chargers. So the good from this game. Jordan Addison was phenomenal, again. I mean, he's a clear, deep threat, and it's something that we were lacking last year. So I love that his stat line is basically like three catches. Both games is like three or four catches for 70-something yards and a touchdown each game. That's that's awesome. Justin Jefferson, obviously, with another back-to-back, you know, 150-yard game. Um I mean, obviously it sucked that his, he fumbled out of the end zone and it's a touchback, which is like the dumbest rule. And like, I think it's dumb. Like, maybe you go back to the 25, but I, I, I still think like the offense should retain possession of the ball. I don't know. I just, I think it's a really dumb rule and I, I bet you that they'll probably change it in the next few years. Uh, okay. And then let's think here. I mean, I will say Kirk Cousins. I'll probably loop him into the good. He, I guess I just said he had the MVP like numbers. So I'm going to loop him in into the good, uh, for the reasons I mentioned before. And then, dude, Cam Bynum and Ivan Pace Jr., they, they are playing so well on defense. It looks like Cam Bynum's actually taken a huge leap from, from last year to this year. His PFF grade is pretty stellar I think he's like in the upper 80s and same with Ivan Pace as an undrafted um, rookie linebacker so I I, I'm huge on those guys and I think that they're gonna they're gonna be great moving forward that's about all the good that I got from this Uh, I think it goes without saying obviously the passing game looks like it's 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 a top notch in this league now let's get to the bad. Um, I'm going to put the offensive line in this category. I think they improved a little bit from the Bucks game to this game. And I think that the, the Eagles have a better defensive line than the Bucs. So um, obviously, Ole Udo went down with an injury. That, that stinks. But uh, David Questenberry came in, and he held his ground. He played pretty well. Ezra Cleveland actually played pretty decent. Austin Slotman is a backup center. He played kind of to the expectations that we expect and uh, Ed Ingram still terrible and uh, Brian O'Neill is a top three right tackle in the league so uh, obviously with that type of defensive line you're going to get pressure a lot so my thing is just call Dalton Reisner just just get him on this team we had another injury you know Ole Udo is looking like he's going to be out for multiple weeks Garrett Bradbury is probably going to be out for three or four more weeks with a back injury so um i hope that we do make some phone calls and we do try to get i mean i don't know who's who else is out there as far as maybe like gabe jackson or something but i'd rather pay an extra million or two for dalton reisner and have him on this team so um but they were bad they weren't good or anything (sighs) another bad I mean, just the, the turnovers, like I mentioned before, it's like we can't hang on to the ball and we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. So it's like, do we have to go to the jugs machine? Do we have to like run through the gauntlet and, uh, just focus on holding on to the football? I mean, how many times can we fumble? Uh, you know what? Let's, let's, let's get into the ugly here. The ugly is our rush defense. Uh, I feel like an idiot now for saying like, I, well, I was surprised by it in the first game. Like, I think the Bucks had like seventy something yards rushing, and they were looking really good, like stopping the stopping the run in the first game. But they got totally exposed in this this Eagles game. But the Eagles probably have the best offensive line in the league, or at least like a top three offensive line, and they just bullied the entire defensive line like all night long. They let DeAndre Swift get like. Then he rushed for like 170 freaking yards. Like, that's just inexcusable. That's that was just terrible. That was just it was like a bloodbath out there. Um, another ugly. I mean, I don't know. Oh, actually, I do. Like on the opposite side of the ball on offense, our rushing game. Like, our we can't get our rushing game going, and it stinks too because like we almost feel like we have to abandon the rush game, um, and start passing just because we get down or we get in a pinch where we're running out of time and we can't really, and we just can't get anywhere with it. And, I mean, I still believe in Madison. I think he is a really good uh, running back. But, I mean, if you look, he just doesn't have anywhere to go with the ball. It's like guys are in the backfield right away, and I – it's hard, man. I, I don't know. And then to hear the horrible news, like this is kind of off the point of like the results of the game, but – to hear the news about you know some horrible fans reaching out to, reaching out to uh, him via social media, like DMing him, just like racist, just terrible, absolutely putrid stuff. Like that is totally unacceptable on any level. I don't care if it's an athlete or just you know a, a regular human being. Like at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We're all you know fathers, sons, daughters, whatever. We're, like we need to treat each other respectfully. And I just wanted to say something on that because seeing stuff like that, it's a a game, folks. It's it's just a game. Can't take it, you know, any more seriously than that. And I, I just, I totally condemn anyone who speaks to another human being like that. So those are my takes on the good, bad, and ugly from this game. I still think we have a pretty good chance of bouncing back against the Chargers. I'm still not in the boat of like we need to have a fire sale or we need to tank for Kayla Williams or Drake May quite yet. I think 0 2 is still a hole that we can dig ourselves out of. Um, but if we lose the Chargers, you know, 0 and 3, it's looking a little tough. And if we lose to the to the Panthers or if we end up, you know, one and five or one and six or two and five or two and six, like I think strategically you have you have to make a decision on the future of the Minnesota Vikings. This is such a pivotal season for that. So I think we beat the Chargers. Okay, that's my prediction is that we beat the Chargers. And I mean, if you remember from my original prediction, I'm pretty sure well, I guess I had us at 2 and 1. So, I'm fine with going 1 and 2. I just don't think we can fall into a hole of 0 and 3 or 0 and 4. Um So, but if we do, guys, I mean, I know I tease, I think I might dedicate an episode strictly to like the speculation of if we are, if we do have like a top five pick, because that's very intriguing. In my mind, if we are 0-5 or 0-6, I think we, I know that Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause, but... There's been a lot of speculation and rumors and and in the mainstream media talking about possibly shipping him to the Jets. I don't think he'd want to actually go to the Jets. That's like way too big of a market for Kirk Cousins. And there's too many logistics that go into it. So I don't think that'll happen. It's a fun idea, but I mean, there's still another six weeks before the trade deadline. So there could be a starter that goes down on a Super Bowl ready team where the Vikings could ship him off for a future first or second and get something for him um the neil hunter the same way he's i mean he had three sacks last night i, I should have probably added him into the good i mean he he had three sacks last night that's insane that, that that was amazing so um could you get some value for him i know he also has a no trade clause but would he waive it to be on a contender i mean think about the jaguars they were in talks of, for trading for him and nothing ended up happening on that end, they didn't get a deal done, but week seven, if the Vikings are two and five, do they think about shipping them off to Jacksonville for a future first? I think Jacksonville would do it if they're, you know, five and two or think that they can win a Super Bowl this year. So I don't know, folks. We'll have to see. Those are conversations to have later on down the road when they be like, let's table those conversations, some of those conversations, because it's not a reality. But I think from a strategic standpoint, in Quezzy's shoes. Cause Quezzy's his resume is not looking very good right now. Lewis scene is a complete, absolute bust. There are times where he like doesn't know when he's supposed to be on the field, even for special teams, he's running onto the field late. He's like, Oh, do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I stay? It's like, dude, you can't even play defense. Oh yeah. And then by the way, when Josh Metellus gets hurt, we have Theo Jackson comes in, who has a, he had the highest PFF grade and he was the most phenomenal player. Um, on the field being this like six round pick from last year guy who probably wasn't going to make the roster. And now he's like the number two uh, on the death charter, at least the number two reserve. And he comes in immediately and gets an interception and makes a huge impact. I know he had that Devonte Adam or Adams, Devonte Smith had that huge catch on him for uh, a big gain, but uh, it says a lot when you don't have Lewis seen on the field and you don't have Andrew Booth on the field um, especially when the Caleb Evans comes out from with cramps and you put Makai Blackman in and you rush Caleb Evans to get back on the field and you don't even give Andrew Booth any snaps like it's not looking good Booth is looking like a bust scene is looking like a bust Caleb Evans I mean he was getting burned all night long he's looking like a I don't know he looks like a shade of cam Dansler. it says is not even on the team anymore nick muse is a healthy scratch i mean i can't think of i mean ty chandler's our backup running back but he doesn't make any noise that first draft is looking terrible he hit on jordan addison um i mean who else though i mean brian awesome barely playing he has an undrafted rookie linebacker who's out snapping him by like a hundred snaps like we don't know if that's injury related or if that's just simply the play level and the talent that Ivan Pace Junior has over him. That is, that is so bad. That's that's damning right there. So, if I was crazy, looking, this is one of the most important decisions and seasons going in uh, to another season of Vikings football for 2024 and maybe 10 years back when the Vikings went three and 13 to potentially were in the Andrew Luck and RG three sweepstakes and who who's to say if they would have lost an extra game and not get Andrew luck, but maybe get RG three, it's the butterfly effect. RG three was amazing as a rookie and he was ascending. He had that, what I would consider like a career altering or ending injury where he was just never was the same butterfly effect. Would that have happened if he came to Minnesota, who knows? He could have been in, he could have like reached the full potential he was supposed to. So I don't know. It's a loaded QB class, Uh, Shadir Sanders is ascending to be a top 10 pick. Uh, I just think that maybe we think about that stuff because right now, Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins are the only quarterbacks on the roster next year. And I don't want to go down the same Minnesota Vikings route of, okay, let's just get a stopgap gap quarterback let's get a rich gannon let's get a gus ferratt let's get a sage rosenfeld let's get a case keenum no i don't want these one-year wonders i don't want these stop gaps i want a franchise qb i want a homegrown guy somebody we draft somebody we hit on and i just think that from a strategic standpoint quasi has to convince the wills to do this as a player i completely understand that you have a short amount of time in your career to play so every year you're competitive and you want to win a super bowl because you don't know how long you're going to play for i get it from that standpoint but as a franchise and organization they need to look at themselves in the mirror and they need to they need to come to the realization that this probably isn't a super bowl roster and if we fall in that one and six and two and five hole let's see if we can get some assets back for kirk cousins or daniel hunter whoever it might be And let's load up on some draft picks and let's see what happens if we have a top eight, top six, top five, top three draft pick. Let's see what a rookie quarterback with high upside potential can do driving this vehicle of a Minnesota Vikings offense that has so many weapons. And then we free up cap space to the point where we can actually sign above average starters on our defense. Okay, I've been on my soapbox for long enough. Those are my thoughts. I'm probably going to have another episode dedicated to the speculation of the Vikings. Maybe when it becomes a little more of a reality or a possibility of that happening, of them taking a quarterback in the top 10. Uh, regardless, I'd like to kind of break down some of the top college football quarterbacks, but guys, I don't think, that, I don't think we should, uh, and I don't think Minnesota Vikings fans are, but This isn't a time to clock out and, and not pay attention to like, this is one of the more interesting seasons to go into because there are so many question marks moving forward. So like always, if you're enjoying this content or if you're just first time listener, I highly recommend that you subscribe. So you never miss a notification or an episode And the best way to help me out and help the show out is to rate and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to, whether that be, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever you're listening on. Uh, Definitely, it helps the show out and it helps uh, create more awareness about the show so more people can find it. But that's the end for me. Those are my thoughts on the Eagles game. Another game that the Vikings shot themselves in the foot and they lost. We're onward. We have you know, 10 days before we face the Los Angeles Chargers. And it's an opportunity to turn this season around. So I'm excited. I'm going to have a few more episodes out before that happens. And like always, school Vikings.